This is Emma and Logan, and welcome to another episode of Empowered by Choice. So good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've caught up and done this together. It's nice to be back. Yes, it is. And so today we're going to talk about the little things are the big things. Yeah, we're discussing little things and how they are, in fact, the big things. And this really came up for me um, last week because I joined um, an online, I guess, motivational session about creating next year. And it was at 9.30 in the morning on Zoom. And the night before I stayed up a little late, I watched an extra episode of something. So I went to bed quite late after 12 and I didn't sleep well. And so then when my alarm went off at seven, I just turned it off. Um, I actually got out of bed at nine and just kind of stumbled into the Zoom and opened my computer, like no morning routine, no meditation, no exercise, no walk. And these are all just little things that I have been very consistent with over the past few months. And on this day, when I missed it all, I felt awful. And you think these are tiny things like, oh, you know, it's 10 minutes of meditation, whatever, like it's not a big deal, but it turns out it really is a big deal. And it really did make a difference to how I felt that day. So it really was the lesson for me of the importance of the little things, because it's these little things that are actually the big things, because they're what dictates how I show up. Yeah, I think we talk about them a lot as like self-care practices, you know, I have this whole this whole hot word of self-care. And I think it's important to remember that like self-care doesn't always need to be a massage or a pedicure or, you know, something like that. But it's like the small things like like you were saying, waking up and doing that little bit of exercise or having the time in the morning to actually take care of yourself before you start your day. And what I realized was that in order to have time in the morning, because I've been quite consistent with a morning routine, um, in order to create that time and space, what I do need to implement is an evening routine. (laughs) So I'm going to start looking at, or I've started already just experimenting with different things just to create a better wind down routine for me, because my priority or one of my, I guess, resolutions for this year, next year, starting now, um, is really prioritizing getting eight hours sleep. Because I find that's really foundational to the things I choose to eat, the conversations I choose to have, what I choose to do. So prioritizing eight hours sleep and starting some kind of an evening routine. And I'm just experimenting with different ideas at the moment before I settle on what will be my evening routine. Yeah, that actually brings up a really interesting topic. My husband and I were chatting yesterday because we read this article written by this doctor. I'm sorry, I can't recall his name right now, but he was actually talking about the difference between men and women and the sleep needs of both. And he was saying that women on average need eight to 10 hours of uninterrupted sleep and men actually need only six to seven. And it doesn't matter if their sleep is interrupted or uninterrupted because of the hormones, apparently because of the the level of testosterone that men have it doesn't actually matter. And I was just like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because Lachlan can fall asleep at like the drop of the hat and he goes really deep, really fast. Where I'm, as I, if I take a nap during the day, you know, it has to be quiet, uninterrupted. And if I get interrupted, I usually can't fall back asleep. 
Whereas like Lachlan, you know, we have children so the kids can interrupt him a dozen times and he can just fall right back into sleep. But yeah, and I've noticed for myself, especially with young kids, that if I get that in, if I get uh, um, interrupted sleep, the next day, it's just not the same. But then when I have that uninterrupted sleep, it's like, man, the next day I feel like I can change the world. Yeah, you feel much more powerful. That's so funny that you mentioned that about sleep because I noticed that in my relationship because I go to bed a couple of hours before my partner and I, you know, wind down and, and I do go to sleep before him. But then we get up at the same time often and he's <laughs> fine and powering. And I'm like, no, <laughs> how are you doing this? But that's really interesting that there's actually biological differences in relation to sleep for men yeah. and women. Yeah, I thought it was really amazing when I read it too, because the same thing happens. I go to bed like at least an hour or two before Lachlan and we wake up at the same time and he's just like, yeah, I feel great. And I'm like, how? You got two hours less of sleep than I did. Yes, I've noticed this as well. But I think it's a great way, like you were saying, the morning the morning routine and, and the little things in the morning, they're all fed by the little things at night. You know, if we're on if we're on our screens late at night, that can interrupt our sleep, that blue light, or you know, eating really crappy stuff after dinner, that interrupts my sleep. Or actually, what I've even noticed is if I have any alcohol after I eat my dinner, it interrupts my sleep as well. Oh wow. Yeah. And I've definitely been guilty of some late night scrolling recently. Yeah. Uh, I've been very into the baking videos. Um, so I'm I'm looking at well, I have, I have, I haven't been since that, since that meeting that I did, the Zoom meeting where we were setting intentions for the next year and I was like prioritizing eight hours sleep, create create an evening routine. Um, I haven't been doing late night scrolling. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think this is this timing is really amazing for this whole create our new year topic because. Well, I think there is a lot of helpful things out there with this whole conversation around creating, you know, our New Year's resolutions or whatever it is. We need to remember that, like, sometimes uh, we have to be really conscious and aware of what we're creating. Well, for I'll just use myself for an example. I find that if I try and bully myself into doing something that I know is not helpful or it's like it can be viewed as helpful, but it's not actually helpful for me, um, that it actually has a negative effect on me. Whereas I think I'm more of that person that like pushes through. So I stayed with a friend recently um, and we got up in the morning and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going for my walk, my morning walk. And I'm like, I looked outside. I'm like, but it's raining. Are you, st- are you still going for the walk? And she's like, yes, because the walk is a non-negotiable and I do the walk regardless. Um, and I, I do tend to fall into that kind of like thought pattern as well of like, okay, this is what I've committed to do. I'm going to do it. But you're saying that that's not always helpful. Well, I think it's definitely, I think it all depends on who you are and how you process and your history. There's so many different factors that come into play, in my opinion, in these types of um, intentions. Um, So yeah, I definitely think that sometimes, you know, say for example, I can't really, I can't think of a personal one right now. What about when you skipped your morning routine the other day we were talking oh, about? Oh yeah. So so the other day I had um I woke up and I could feel like it was a bit scratchy in the back of my throat and my nose was congested and my little boy was sick. So I spent like the whole previous day and most of the night just kind of tending to him and tending to myself. 
And I usually always wake up and go for a beach walk in the morning, like super early, sometimes 5 a.m. because I like to catch sunrise. And it's just a really like helpful way for me to connect to myself and nourish myself before I take care of my kids all day or I go to work or I see clients or whatever it is. But that morning, I knew that if I pushed myself, that it would just, I would just get more sick. So I actually just didn't go for the walk. I stayed home and I laid in bed. And then when I did get out of bed, I went and did the things that I knew would do, create the same intention as what the morning walk on the beach would do. So that for me, because I know my body and I know my system, I know that I need like, I do like a shot of lemon juice and then I do a big glass of water and I take these, um, the cell food and I just made sure that I spent a little bit of extra time and I took like some herbs that I knew were going to help me not get sick. And the really funny example or the really funny outcome of this is then because I did take care of myself so well in the morning, I actually felt a lot better during the day. And I was like, oh, yay, I didn't get sick. I'm fine. And then I had a little bit of coffee. I usually try not to drink any coffee. And I pushed myself way too hard. I cleaned the whole house. I I did all of this stuff. I'm feeling great. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And then you know what happened? My throat started to hurt. And I was like, see, this is exactly what happens for me if I push myself too much. Because the thing is, I have young kids. So everything with young kids is very physical. So I know that whenever I can, if I can um, moderate my physical activity, it's better for me because it actually allows my body to heal and not exert too much energy that I don't unnecessarily, I don't necessarily need to spend on doing things like that. So looking at when our non-negotiables are negotiable. Yes. I think there's a balance because definitely like I have clearly, you know, in the recent past, uh, maybe because eight hours sleep wasn't a non-negotiable, but I definitely negotiated with myself and definitely watched like an extra baking video or something. (laughs) Um, So maybe making it a non-negotiable, but maybe coming back to the intention behind whatever our non-negotiable is, and maybe it's the intention that's not negotiable. So for you, for your beach walk and your morning routine, what is the intention behind that practice that you have? Yeah. And like, I think I spoke to it a little bit. The intention is just to take care of myself um, because having young kids and, and a job and clients, like I, I do a lot where I give to other people and I tend to other people and I listen to other people and I hold big emotions with toddlers all the time that I think, um, my intention is that when I can take care of myself as much as my can, as much as I can, then I, I take that opportunity. But I also have to remember and be conscious and aware that like, I don't know about you, but when I got really deep into my yoga and meditation training, it was almost like I started to create excuses for myself to be like, oh, you should just listen to yourself, like honor yourself, stuff like that. And I was like, Yes, I un- I think that that's amazing. And I do think that that's necessary for a lot of people because I think in our culture, sometimes we have a tendency to push ourselves to the grind a lot harder than necessary. But then it's almost like I swung all the way to the other side to be like, 
no, it's fine. You don't have to do any physical activity. You'll be great. And then I was like, oh, I think I went way too far on the other end. <laughs> so it was like being conscious of where I'm at and trying to find that middle ground again, always for me is like, well, what's enough and not too much, you know? Cause after I had Avery, I was quite depleted. I was breastfeeding. I just had another baby as well. And I was working out every single morning and it was kind of like, it became my non-negotiable. And then I realized I couldn't keep weight on anymore. And I realized my minerals and, and nutrients were becoming depleted. And then I was like, oh, maybe this non-negotiable needs to be renegotiated, <laughs> which was a good example for me to just be really conscious of the rules that I'm creating for myself. And are they rules or are they helpful or not helpful? And I think, like we said, coming back to the why or the intention behind the rituals that we've created and yeah. making sure that the rituals are still meeting the intention. And it can change, you know, like at the beginning, it was actually really helpful for me to work out every morning, but then it, there came to a point where it wasn't helpful anymore. And then I had to re, I had to find another non-negotiable. Yeah. So not getting stuck in a particular thing, just because this is how I've always done it. And this is how I will continue to do it because this is how I do it, but actually questioning how things make you feel. Like yeah. me with my late night scrolling, it's really not making me feel good. I love, I think I've quoted him before on this podcast, but JP Sears says, um, um, he says that the morning is like the childhood of your day. Mm -hmm. And just like a dysfunctional childhood can create dysfunction in adulthood, a dysfunctional morning can um, really affect your day. But what, uh, what my lesson over the last little while and continues to be my lesson is a dysfunctional evening creates a dysfunctional <laughs> morning <laughs> it means I'm tired in the day so I really need to address my or I'm starting to address my evening practices and make them non-negotiable and make the eight hours sleep a non-negotiable as much as possible yeah and I love what you did there because all you did was kind of pay attention to what makes you feel good and what makes you feel shit and then navigate your routines according to what makes you feel good. And that seems really simple. You know, if everyone just paid really close attention to what makes them feel really good, because we were talking about um, online programs or programs that are built, you know, specifically for people to follow that are creating their new, new you for the new year. But like, sometimes those programs are built specifically by a human that those things are really good for that one specific human, but it doesn't mean that every it's good for every human, you know, depending on what their background is, what their life experience is, what stage of life they're in. There can maybe be aspects of the program that are helpful for people, but maybe not the entire program. So it really is about sort of becoming quiet and noticing how you feel and noticing how certain things, activities, people have foods have made you feel yeah well I think so I mean for me that's kind of what is work has worked in the past and what I continue to have to do in the future you know because we, we're different humans every single day that's true that's true but we do I think also need some kind of discipline around 
creating that space for ourselves like yeah for sure maybe we fill the space with different things but creating the space is a non-negotiable yeah maybe the space is filled with a sleep in and you know some tea but it's something if it's that- one you know if it's one morning if it's getting to be three and four and five and you've done this a lot I can see how that's like oh okay you've maybe given yourself too many excuses on this one <laughs> It's so true, but it really is about finding that balance, isn't it? Between what's right for us on a particular day and meeting our promises to ourselves. Yeah. And probably just listening to your body because our bodies are like incredibly wise and they give us a lot of information. You know, for me, it was giving my cold and the scratchy back throat. Like I still have a little bit of it now. I I still feel congested. Uh, And to me, my body's telling me, hey, I just need a little bit more rest and I need a little bit more nothingness you know because you know how easy it is to fill your calendar maybe just say no to a few more things right now doesn't mean you always have to say no to everything but right now it's it's a good indication for me that I just need to maybe not do as much I did graduate and I've been creating more space recently and oh my gosh it is just the secret to everything (laughs) it's life-changing like yeah, if you're busy all the time and doing stuff all the time, you don't even realize. I think for me, it's like if I'm busy doing stuff all the time, I don't even have the space to listen to my body or to listen to myself. And then when I do create that space, I'm like, oh, shit. It was strange. There's some stuff going on. Yeah. Okay. I think it, it really, again, the message to me over this past week was just these little things that I think are nothing like, oh, it's just going for a walk. It doesn't matter if I don't go for a walk or oh, it's just 10 minutes of meditation. doesn't matter if I skip it. Um, I really learned that it does matter <laughs> because these things that I think are so small and insignificant are in fact the only, like the biggest things because they are what is determining how I show up. Yeah, for sure. And I just, um, when you were talking or saying that, <clears throat> I was just thinking about, um, you know, how you mentioned the intention quite a few times. I think it's actually really important to always come back, like we were saying, always come back to that intention and notice where the drive is coming from. So if it's like, no, you have to do this and you're kind of like bullying yourself into doing whatever it is that you're doing maybe that's an indication that there's something else that you could be creating that's more healthy or in, you know, that would work better in that moment. Um, So say for example, you know, if there is kind of, so if I was to wake up that morning and be like, Logan, stop being lazy, get out of bed, go for the walk. It's like, well, that feels a lot different than my initial intention that was like, this is for you. I'm doing this because I love you. It's like that feels a lot different. And I think your body and it's going to be received a lot different if that's where it comes from. Okay. So it's the little things, but it's also the voice behind the little things or the yeah. intention behind the little things. Yeah. Being being aware of where it's coming from. Is it that inner abuser or is it the nurturing inner mother? Beautiful. Um, well I'm gonna focus on creating my evening routine and take it very seriously (laughs) and the intention behind it is to have eight hours sleep (laughs) yeah 
Mine's 10, 10 hours sleep. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Maybe nine. I, I'm open to 10. I'm very open to 10. <laughs> but thank you all so much for listening and joining us for another episode of Empowered by Choice. Mm-hmm.